Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Having It All podcast, the show about what it takes to live an abundant, loving life. My name is Matthew Bivens, and each week I'm helping you get out of your head so that you can truly have it all. Let's do it. What's up? What's up? Welcome to the podcast. Matthew Bivens here, and I am super thrilled you're hanging out with me on this beautiful, beautiful Saturday, and I'm excited. We've got the World Cup going on. I am, uh, I'm actually recording this at halftime of the Argentina versus Iceland match, so you know this is coming at you real time. So I'm super excited the World Cup is here, and I got a cool episode for you today, um, something a little bit different. So uh, because I want to get to the episode, I'm going to go through this magic and listener love pretty darn quick. So today's magic actually happened a couple days ago and just reminded me of the importance of relationships. By the way, for you first-time listeners, magic is our ability to influence ourselves, others, and life in a powerful way. And we kick off each episode with sharing magic so that we can remind ourselves and remember that we are powerful creators of our lives and of our experience. And we are creating magic all of the time. So it's so important that we recognize the magical moments in our lives from the big to the small. So today's magic has to do with my vegetable garden, which is, this is the second year that I've done a vegetable garden. And, you know, I, uh, I was out there working recently and I was having some trouble doing some things. And my neighbor comes over and just dedicates hours of his time to help me out, help me build fencing, uh, help me with ideas to keep the deer out. He gave me some tools that I could use to, to, uh, to do a few things. And I am so grateful to him and what he showed me, uh, because at this house that my wife and I are renting, we've been contemplating moving into a different home. We want more space. We want more things. And what this experience really showed me is that it's the people that matter. It's the relationships that you have around you that truly matter. Because if we move homes, we're not going to have, you know, it's not promised that we're going to have neighbors like we do right now and people who will give hours of their time to us for nothing, uh, just to just to help out. And so those things are super important. And it, it really just helped put a few things into perspective for me that, you know, we have everything we need. My wife and I have everything that we need. Plus, we have incredible people around us. And it's the people that matter the most, not the stuff. So that was a magical moment for me this week. 
And for some listener love, you all sent me tons of emails this week. I had a lot of emails flow through and a couple of Instagram DMs as well, which is pretty cool. Uh, but one email st- stood out for me, and that's from Maria. So, Maria, thank you so much for reaching out, for listening to the show and supporting the message of living and creating your abundant, loving life. And uh, Maria, I love that you were checking out the episode about, I believe it was the personal mission statement episode, um, where you were asking yourself, what am I playing for? And that is such a huge question to ask. Actually, it's a question, it's a simple question with with huge implications and, and, uh, and far-reaching ripples um, when you answer it very intentionally. So I love that you're asking yourself that question, and I know that uh, some things can come, up, can come up around asking that question, what am I playing for? And I just encourage you and everybody out there who is in this space of you know, trying to figure out what they're playing for, keep exploring. Don't get discouraged if the answers don't come to you immediately. The mere fact that you're asking the question means that there's an answer out there and the answer is coming. So if you're interested in in the conversation that Maria listened to, you can go listen to my episode called My Personal Mission Statement, Why Knowing What You're Playing For Will Change Your Life. It's a great episode where I break down everything in my personal mission statement. Lastly, some, some more uh, announcements or an announcement. I haven't made any announcements yet. Um, I've been working on a new website, a new home for the podcast. And uh, MatthewBivens.com got a tiny, tiny uh, facelift a few weeks ago, um, which you know it's going to look a lot different when I crank out the new one in a couple of weeks. But what I did put on there, which is available right now, is the Abundance Benchmark Tool. Now, all the things that we talk about here on the Having It All podcast, we can break them down to the six Fs, faith, family, friends, fitness, finance, and fun. And it's in those six areas that you know, I'm, I'm sharing this message of experiencing more abundance and being and showing up in a loving way in those six areas. The Abundance Benchmark is a tool that's going to help you create that. It's going to help you do that. And it's free. It's a, it's a PDF download. It's going to ask you some questions. You're going to, you're going to um, assess yourself, give yourself ratings in different areas, and then it's going to give you some suggestions for those areas of opportunity that you have. So that's free right now. Go to MatthewBivens.com. You can grab the Abundance Benchmark and start experiencing some shift in the areas of your life that matter most. All right, let's get into the episode because this one is cool. Now, you all are used to me interviewing people, uh, but I I get interviewed a lot myself. Um, I just don't always publish them on my feed. Uh, But today, that's what I'm doing, and it's because the gentleman who interviewed me was so gracious to allow me to share the interview directly with you all, and I'm excited about that. So I was interviewed by an awesome guy. His name is Tiago Boer, and he is the host of the Extraordinary Life podcast. And on that podcast, he's all about interviewing people to help create uh, insights that inspire you to create an extraordinary life in all areas of your life. And that's why I think Tiago and I really connected because, you know, he's talking about business, freedom, spirituality, finance, health, sexuality, relationships, and purpose. So he's really addressing all those different areas. And in our conversation, we really focused on relationships. 
and we had a very honest conversation. It was very raw, and at one point, it even gets emotional. So again, it's not that often that you get to hear me on the other side of the mic. So I think you're going to enjoy uh, enjoy this conversation. So let's just dive right into it. This is my this is me being interviewed by Tiago Boer on the Extraordinary Life podcast. Hey guys, my name is Tiago Boer, and today we're gonna go on episode number seventeen of the Extraordinary Life podcast, and I'm really excited to have Matthew here. What? Is what the podcast is about is about creating an extraordinary life from the inside out. Uh, it's not like let's create this extraordinary life in order to feel happy, in order to feel fulfilled, because I feel that's always like an illusion. Like you want to get there, but as soon as you get closer to it, it's like the the horizon keeps getting further away and further away. And Matthew. Like he's all about that. He has a podcast, Having It All. All stands for Abundant Loving Life, right? Yep, that's what it stands for. That's the acronym. Yeah, and he's also has another podcast, Doing It at Home, which I find very interesting. It's about birth at home. And we really resonate about creating this abundant life in all areas and just living life to the fullest. I think it means like experiencing life to the fullest. Not only the highs, also the lows, also the struggles, also everything. When we go and creating this abundant life, I think people sometimes have the misconception that it's it's only happiness and joy and bliss and lightness. But no, it's like the challenges that make us stronger. Like I love seeking out challenges. And today we're going to talk about a very challenging subject, which a lot of people have a lot of difficulties, uh, myself included, for a long time, and I'm still learning, which is relationships. So first, I want to welcome you, Matthew. Thank you for being on the show. Uh, Tiago, this is a a great pleasure, and uh, I'm excited. I really do love what you're doing with your podcast, and uh, these types of conversations, I think, are so valuable to have. So I'm grateful that you have me on the show, and I'm looking forward to to diving in with you. Yeah, so let's dive straight in. I mean, you reached out and you mentioned about relationships. So you're married with Sarah right now, and you have and you have Maya as as a little kid. How old is she right now? She is 21 months. She'll 21 turn two months. in September. Yeah. How was how is that journey be? Oh, goodness. Uh, how many <laughs> hours do we have? Um, the journey was incredible. Uh, I, I I knew I wanted to be a father many years ago. And so um, as my wife and I started talking about the idea of starting a family, uh, it was something that I was very excited for. And I'm, I'm grateful to be excited for it because it meant that I think I was really able to uh, embrace it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we did a home birth and that was a really amazing uh, experience and that was a big process to go from being scared out of my mind and totally against the idea of home birth to fully embracing it and and really um, advocating for it for mm-hmm. for our experience uh, and then becoming a father you know Maya's our first child and um, that's a very new role being a father and there's so many things about it that I really had no idea um, but I, I love it it's the most fun I've ever had. Um, I've, I've grown so much, I've learned so much, uh, and it's just, 
you know, she's in the other room right now. I hear her crying. She's she's just she's napping. So it's been interesting actually navigating being a um, an entrepreneur who works from home. You know, I do everything from home, and so uh, trying to stay in that entrepreneurial role while also having the you know baby right next door and and everything. It's uh, the whole thing has been a really fast and fun and full journey and experience. Yeah. So before we dive into relationships, because this is also that this can be like another hundred podcast episodes. Oh yeah. Oh, about yeah. fatherhood. I'm curious. Did you always want to have like a child? Did you, or was it a specific moment that you said, "I'm ready. I want to be a father now." Uh, I don't know how much I thought about being a parent when I was a teenager. My mind didn't go that far into the future. Um, when I was in my 20s and started to get into more serious relationships, um, I knew that I wanted to be a father one day. Um, I, I, I have two sisters, so you know I come from a family of, of multiple people, and the idea of being a father just always appealed to me. Um, and that was definitely magnified when I met my wife and, and our conversations and uh, we when we got married. Um, but I'll be very honest, I always wanted a boy. I always wanted a boy, and there's a lot kind of tangled into why I wanted a boy. Um, there's some pride elements, which I've since let go of, pride around my family name and being able to pass down the name. Uh, there was fear elements, uh, fear of, of raising uh, a little girl, raising a woman, and at some point needing, this is how I used to think, having to come to grips with her sexuality and, and those types of experiences, being very afraid of that. Um, and then a lot of what you hear when, like a lot of the stuff that I got when I announced that we were having a baby, uh, a baby girl, people say, oh, you better get your guns ready because you're going to have to fight off all the boys and, oh, girls are so terrible and, you know, they're so hard or they're, they're emotional. So all of those things took, uh, played a part in why initially I wanted a boy. And I am so happy, so happy that we were blessed with a beautiful baby girl because she has taught me so much and she has really opened me up in, in so many ways and changed my heart and, uh, and my perspective. And um, just that feminine energy is incredible. So that's a long way to answer your question about how I always wanted to become a father. Um, but yeah, that, that was my experience with it. Awesome. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And I'm curious, how did you and Sarah first meet? 
So Sarah and I met um, in a town called Gainesville, Florida. Both of us went to school there. And then we got a job separately. We didn't know each other. Uh, we both worked at a small startup company. So there was a small technology company that had just started. And um, I was the first employee, the first hire. Uh, Sarah was hired as an intern a number of months later. And we met through the company. And we met um, with the context of being coworkers, And that developed into a friendship because both of us were dating other people at, this, at, at the time. So that's how we met. And we became great friends. Um, the environment that we worked in really helped to create that Helped to co-create that because it was a small company. It was a startup. It had that startup mentality of you know working twelve hours a day, seven days a week. So we spent a lot of time together and quickly became very close friends. And then it just went from there. Yeah. And how how is your relationship with her now compared to how long are you guys together already? Oof, I always I always get the dates all crazy. Uh we met in 2010, got together, officially dated in 2012. And I and we were married in 2014. So yeah, we're coming up on our fourth four-year uh wedding anniversary. Awesome. That's that's fantastic. And how has it progressed in those months? What changed in the dynamics of your relationship with her? Ah, uh, Okay, so a lot of things changed. Um, the way that I viewed relationships and marriage and monogamy changed. And so to answer that question, that's a, that's a you know, everything changed. I changed as a, as a person, she changed as a person. Some of the, if I'm to, to like label them and name them, um, my ability to trust myself and therefore, the trust we were able to cultivate in a relationship, that went up dramatically. Um, my level of vulnerability, my level of transparency in my thoughts and my feelings and my desires in what I wanted to experience in life um, went up dramatically since, uh, since we first started dating. Um, our level of intimacy, uh, our, our sex life has evolved incredibly um, and, and has gone up. Uh, deeper levels of intimacy and and much more intimate sexual connecting. Um, our our gratitude, our gratitude for the blessings that we have, for the lives that we've created, for the people in our lives, um, has has absolutely expanded and grown. So, you know, Sarah and I connected at a time where, you know, we went through a lot of. Um, really challenging situations when we first were together um, really that helped cement our our connectedness with one another and and shortly after we started dating you know we were both on our respective introspection paths looking internally examining ourselves trying to understand different things um, and then when we got together, and, and particularly when we moved to Atlanta, uh, we were just introduced to people and ideas and communities that really accelerated um, the work that we were doing on ourselves. And that's why so many things have changed, because the past five years have been the same type of metamorphosis that a, a caterpillar goes to become a butterfly. It's like so many things have changed 
uh, you know, while a lot of things have like the, the root of me has stayed the same, but so many of the ways that I look around the world and I connect with people and my relationship to myself, my relationship to life um, has shifted and changed. And it has happened to to go along with with Sarah's transformation and, and her growth and healing as well. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing it. Yeah, great and I question. Love, I love how your relationship is going up because so often we see people that that get together and they go through that honeymoon phase, which can last up to like two years, right? And it starts declining and declining and declining. And there's so many questions I would lo love to ask you right now, but <laughs> I'm really interested in like, little shifts of perspective, tiny distinctions, tiny mindset shifts, because to create an extraordinary life, it, it, it's not difficult. It's just like little adjustments. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. and what's still, why is your relationship going up and getting better and better and better while others are getting worse? Like what's the, the factor you think that helps you with, improving your relationship so one before i met my wife um, and in the relationships prior to her i developed this belief that if my partner wasn't happy then i shouldn't be happy and i developed this belief that it was healthy that when she was up i was up and when she was down i was down i don't know where i got it from Wow. But I wore that belief on like like a person would wear their favorite jacket, yeah. right? And I carried that with me through from relationship to relationship. And I, I don't know what, if it was a, a major shift, if it was a conversation I had, but somewhere along the way, I started to I started to, to recognize that that was not a healthy way to go about creating a connected, powerful, loving, trusting relationship with another person. That I was responsible for my personal well-being, for my ultimate peace, for my joy, and that the person I'm with can contribute to it, but they aren't responsible for it. And that was a big distinction because in the past, I believed that I was responsible for theirs and they were responsible for mine. So that was a huge, huge shift. And that, that shift started happening before I got with Sarah, but I, I really didn't, maybe I didn't fully believe it or I didn't fully embody it until Sarah and I really hit our stride. Um, and, and I won't even say that today. I'm 100% there. I think it's always... You know, there's a there's a journey to it all. There's a progression to it all. I'm not necessarily trying to reach a, an end point where I'm 100% interdependent from you. You know, if I get there, great. But I just I try to recognize where my codependency tendencies come out. I I look to my body to trigger like the triggers that happen in my body as signals. They're they're telling me something. So if I'm feeling jealous which has been an emotion that I've had so many challenges with. If I'm feeling jealous because Sarah's going to spend time with somebody else. I want to investigate where that jealousy is coming from. And in my opinion, the, 
resolution to that jealousy is not for me to tell Sarah to not go with that person. It's for me to look inward and understand why I'm feeling jealous in the first place. What's going on within me? If I'm feeling, you know, that's that's been a series of micro incremental shifts, a series of expanding my awareness of myself and where my my feelings are coming from that over time has has been a monumental change in the way that I view what a what healthy relationships look like. Because again, I I truly believe that a healthy relationship was one where I attached my emotional cart to my partner. So I went up with them and I went down with them. I just that's what I thought. That's what I thought. And maybe I picked it up from movies or whatever. But today it's 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 vastly different. Um, and you're right. It's been small things that have shifted over time um, that have that have helped to get me to this place. Yeah, and I, I love that you you put that little maybe it was movies because uh, I was yeah. doing I was doing a course with Vanessa, my fiance, and with um, it's called Conscious Transitions by uh, Cheryl. I forgot her. I forgot Cheryl something, and she said like. Don't get movies as a reference for love because we we mm. see those movies and we think that's what love is about and it's it's so distorted and it it yeah it builds up such a distorted view of, of relationships that it hurts us a lot and a lot yeah and I love this, this for me yeah go, go ahead. ahead no go ahead go ahead so for me I. I started watching pornography when I was young, like 11 years old. I don't know if that's young, uh, but it felt young for me. 11, 12 years old, I started watching that. And I watched it with a very unhealthy relationship towards pornography until my, I don't know, mid, going on to late 20s. And so much of what I viewed, particularly sexual intimate relationships, what I thought they were supposed to be like came from porn. And inevitably, my views on other relationships were, were impacted and influenced by porn. So movies, absolutely. But I think for me, one of the big ones was, was porn because I, that was where, that was the only time that I was in sexual context. I wasn't having conversations with friends about sex. I wasn't having conversations with family about sex. I wasn't necessarily having conversations with myself consciously about sex. So all of that information was coming at me through through the computer. So that that had a big, big impact on me and how I viewed things. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I think that's something we could talk more about because um, it's kind of like a shame factor. And I watched pornography as well. And I think it was, well, seven days a week, multiple times a day. Like sometimes just watch a little video and then and then get back to studying or, or something like that. And it was yeah. just natural. And that's where you learn about how to relate intimately with a person. And lately I've been reading much better books around sex and talking with people about that and it, it's opening the mind so much and what do you have maybe like practices or habits or or what keeps your 
intimate relationship, your sex life, getting better and better? So one of the biggest things for me is a shift in how I viewed the purpose of sex and the purpose of sexual intimacy. Um, for most of my life, sex to me was all about pleasure, just getting off. It was about um, procreation, you know, making babies. And it was about duty. That's what you do when you're in a relationship. When you're in a committed relationship, you're supposed to have sex once a week. You're just That's what you're supposed to do. And that was the lens through which I viewed sex. So all of my sexual encounters could be filed under one of those three labels. More recently, in the past, I don't know, how many years, um, my mind has been opened to alternative purposes of sex. And open to the idea that sexual intimacy can be healing. A lot of healing can be had through stepping into that incredibly intimate and vulnerable space with another person. And so for me, I have experienced so much healing mentally, emotionally, spiritually by shifting my context in sex and allowing that space really holding that space and creating an intention around that space to be a place for healing. And so for an example is, you know, in the past, I would bring all my emotional baggage into the bedroom, right? Because it's not like I would just drop my jealousies by the door and, and step in without them. I would bring my fears around, am I big enough? Am I able to satisfy my partner? Am I better than her previous partners? Is she thinking about them? Am I making her orgasm loud enough? Am I making her orgasm enough times? And all sorts of insecurities I would bring with me. And I didn't have anywhere to work on those insecurities and on those thoughts and beliefs. You know, again, I wasn't talking to friends. I wasn't talking to family. I, I didn't have those conversations. So when the idea of sex being an, a space for healing was presented and opened up for me, now I had a place I could bring those things with a partner who was. I trusted immensely with somebody who was, you know, emotionally mature, with somebody who was vibrating at a certain level of consciousness who could help me to heal those things. So that is one reason why my wife and I have a beautiful, powerful um, sexual relationship now because we do view it as healing. We also view sex as empowering. You know, that, that sexual energy, like, I created life with that energy. You know, it, it it's powerful. It's powerful. And for many years, I wasn't recognizing the power of, of that sexual energy, the potential of it. And so I wasn't doing anything with it. Um, but now, again, my wife and I are very intentional about, about how we use that energy, uh, what we then, you know, because, for example, after, after a, a, a beautiful lovemaking, I might feel energized, like, I feel like I can go out and conquer the world. I can go do anything, right? And so that's, that's energy. That's energy that's coursing through me. And so now being able to recognize like, oh, that energy, that, that sexual energy that I'm feeling, like that turned on sensation, beautiful. Okay, let me go and do something with it. So that's another, another thing. So sex being healing, sex being empowering, um, and then sex being a source for sustainable joy, which is different from fun. You know, you have fun once and it goes away. And then you wonder, am I ever going to have fun again? 
sustainable joy is a different space. You know, it's, it's, it's almost like um, cultivating that orgasmic space outside of the bedroom. I'm not saying that I walk around feeling in like in a constant orgasm, but having that intention or that mindset around being able to use that sexual energy to fuel my life in different areas and create that overall sustainable joy is a major context shift. So those, those things, like shifting the context around sex for myself and, and for my, my wife um, has been huge because when we first got together, we did not view it that way. And as a result, you know, we, we didn't deal with our stuff. You know, my wife didn't, what wasn't coping with or, or working on some of the context that she had around sex from her unhealthy relationships in the past. And I was doing, I was doing the same thing. I was just bringing that to the bedroom and we were creating whatever we were creating and, and then just kind of, that was it. But that shift um, has taken a lot of time. It's taken many years, um, a lot of conversations with people, a lot of reading books like you're doing, um, a lot of just opening myself up that the way things are today may not necessarily be the only way. The way that I'm doing them now may not be the only way. I'm open to understanding things in a new way. And, and that openness has contributed massively to uh, the, the upward trajectory of our relationship and our sexual intimacy. Beautiful. Uh, I love, like, you shifted the whole intention of sex. You shifted the whole why you're doing it. And it, it like, from seeing you, the, your energy is much higher by talking from, like, a different purpose for your sex. Mm, yeah. And what comes to my mind is to have these healing experiences, to really be connected one another, it seems that there needs to be a very deep level of vulnerability and of trust within each other. Because I, it's in the bedroom, it's delicate. I, I, there's tension a lot of times because of insecurities. And oh, yeah. how have you built that? that underlying trust, that underlying um, vulnerability with, with each other? Slowly, incrementally. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it certainly hasn't happened overnight, and it's still going on. Mm -hmm. Because I grew up not talking about these things. The, uh, the birds and the bees conversation, the sex conversation I had with my dad when I was in a teenager lasted only a couple of minutes. We didn't talk about these things in my family. And um, I, I didn't share. I didn't share my emotions. I have vivid memories of being a kid and being troubled by something, whatever it was, trouble at school or fights with friends or sisters or whatever, and wanting to share with my mother and wanting to tell her everything but never saying a word. And I just would push things down, push things down, push things down. And that never resulted in anything positive or powerful or healing. And so in my life in general, I worked on just opening up more. You know, it started out with journaling, 
just writing stuff down like I, I, I would I'm a person who kind of can live in their head just overthink things and get into arguments with real people and imaginary people in my head and you know just just live in between my ears as opposed to living in my heart so it's been a real practice for me to open up in all ways uh, in the bedroom and intimately you know that's that for me has been a place of of some of the biggest growth opportunities and about 5 years ago 6 years ago or so i had a um i had this just sort of mini I don't know, epiphany, or, or I asked myself a question, uh, what would I do if I wasn't afraid? And this was in the context of work and my career. And having lived my life for so many years, being a person that lived in fear, I didn't want to put myself in uncomfortable situations. I didn't want to talk about things that were hard to talk about. I didn't want to face my fears. Five or six years ago, whenever it was, when I asked myself that question, I finally mustered up the courage to answer it and to act on it. And so that really kicked off this this new trajectory of my life where I was more willing to step into my fears and the things that that really made me feel uncomfortable. And so many of the things that made me feel uncomfortable happened to be things around intimacy. So as I was just practicing more and more stepping into those fears and having those tough conversations, what just happened is more of those sexual or those bedroom insecurities, those personal insecurities, those confidence issues just got addressed because I was willing to like write them down in my journal or sometimes I would just be in my car and I would just speak out loud what I was scared of, what was making me anxious. And doing that for a long period of time got me to the point where I finally felt like I could share it with another person. And then doing that for a period of time got me to the point where I felt like I could share it with my partner, with my wife. And then once I started opening up and sharing things with my wife, it became easier to share all the other stuff. And so, I mean, we had, we had conversations where I just went, I like went into my mental database and was like, what is the worst thing I've ever done or the scariest thing that I could share with my, with my wife? Okay, let me just share it. Let me just, let me move through this fear. And so a lot of the sexual insecurities I felt I mean, I've talked to her about and um, we've talked about and, you know, there is already a level of vulnerability when you step into the bedroom with somebody, like you said. And, you know, so, so you're already getting there, but it's easy to just block off. Okay, we're, we're, we're going to address these things. We're not going to address those things. Um, and I just made the decision for myself that I didn't want to live like that anymore because I'd lived so many years doing that. I had to live so many years saying no because I was scared and, and not, not fully expressing myself, whether that's physically or emotionally, not fully living, you know, not really fulfilling the things I wanted to experience in life because of, of fear. So when I started to really address that, then every area of my life got addressed. And one of those areas happened to be those, those bedroom insecurities. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for that question. What is the scariest thing I can share with my with my partner with my wife with my fiance with my husband 
because this podcast is is not about information. I, I really didn't want to make like a, a how-to information. Like, here are your seven steps to financial freedom podcast. It's not about <laughs> yeah. that. It's about space where insights can come through and where we act on it. So as soon as you share that, like my chest close up. I immediately mm. felt it in my body and I said, I know exactly what it is that I'm so scared of sharing with her. And this is my commitment. I'm going to be meeting her. I'm going to, I'm traveling to Indonesia tomorrow. I'm going to be meeting her there and I'm going to share it to her. And I invite, wow. I invite the listeners of the podcast of this video as well to share it. It's scary yeah. as hell. Uh, my heart is pounding. I'm sweating right now just thinking about it. But there is this one quote that always helps me center again, which is from, I think it's from Dan Sullivan. It's the anticipation of an event is always worse than the actual result. Mm -hmm. yeah. That person has love for you. That person has compassion for you. And they also have their insecurities. We think we're the only ones in the world that have those those thoughts and those insecurities, and that's such bullshit. <laughs> yeah, we are. We we can be self absorbed <laughs> and think that things revolve around us. But um, I think it's beautiful that you're, you're you're putting it out there that you're going to have those conversations, and and that um, I can hold you accountable, and and the listeners can hold you accountable because. I don't know, man, if you're like me, like when you become aware of something, you can't forget it. Mm. You know, as soon as I became aware of the of, of the things I was withholding from my wife, it bothered me. It was like uh, keep me up at night sort of feeling of being bothered by it. Um, and sharing those things with her was was not easy. I was bawling. It was hard to talk because I was so I was so scared. I was so, I had judged myself for years around those things. And I had created such shame and guilt yeah. that I, I, don't, I don't know if I had journaled about them, but I had certainly thought about them a lot. So sharing them with another person was, I mean, again, like I said, it was the scariest thing that I could have done. Um, but like you said, the that person, you know, she had, such compassion and such unconditional love that that moment I think really it 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 changed a lot. Um, I experienced that unconditional love in a new way and in a way that truly resonated with me. I experienced what happened in in the quote that you shared by Dan Sullivan that the anticipation was far scarier than the actual sharing. And after I shared, it was like, okay, I love you. And that was it. And the weight that you feel released, it, it's, it's indescribable. And so for anybody out there who's, who's also getting, you know, their heart rate's going up because they know that thing. They know that thing that you never would share. It's like, that's energy, right? That's energy. And, and that energy is not going anywhere. It's just one of the laws, principles of, of, of the universe. That energy is, is not going to be 
destroyed. It's, it's, it's staying in there. So when that tension and that anxiety and that fear are left within you, it does stuff to you. It absolutely does stuff to you emotionally, mentally, physically. Yeah. And so re- releasing that energy, that's why we feel a release, like the weight has been lifted. Because there's a release of that energy. It, it, it can now go somewhere else. So I'm excited for you, Tiago. I'm excited. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Yeah, I have a lot of appreciation. Once you you mentioned that you shared it and he had she had nothing but unconditional love, I got really emotional. Like I, I got really teary-eyed right now because it's such a powerful moment that only people who are really together and know each other deeply can have. And it's such an intense experience of life. And when you know that you can fully 100% trust somebody in your darkest secrets, in your darkest moments in like your your weakest times that that's incredible that's that's just pure love it is and i i experienced immense gratitude for her and for the space that she held for me and does hold for me i also experienced a I experienced things within myself that like there was a very empowering moment for me as a man, as an individual that I can, I can, can make it through. I can, I can stand up amidst the scariest things that, that come at me in life, Mm -hmm. you know, because she didn't have to react and respond in the way that she did. She could have judged and and had, you know, been critical and it didn't go that way, but you know, the fact that another person you never know how another person is going to respond. And if I were to seek my sense of self acceptance and approval off of their response, that's that's a that's a dangerous thing to do you know because she could have gone in any direction with her response for a million different reasons and i'll give you a a different example 
Um, my wife and I, as we mentioned on top of the, the our conversation, we chose to do home birth with our, our daughter, Maya. And that was a decision that we made for so many beautiful reasons. We were, we accepted our decision and we felt peace in our decision that we made. We shared our decision with a lot of people and we got a lot of judgment for it. We got a lot of judgment for it. And if, if my sense of comfort in my decision making was based on the response of other people, I would probably have gone a different route because we had family who were critical of us. We had friends who were very skeptical and felt that we were being foolish and that we were being um, selfish. And so, you know, I feel very grateful again that my wife did show me such love and compassion and empathy when I shared with her. And that, that ended up being a beautiful, beautiful moment for the two of us to just be so vulnerable and exposed in our relationship and ended up being an amazing bonding moment. Um, and I'm, I am grateful to that. And then, and then I'm not going to say, but I'm going to say, and in other areas of my life, I have come to acknowledge and recognize when I'm doing something for somebody else's approval and somebody else's acceptance, as opposed to doing things for my own approval and acceptance, because me sharing those, those secrets that I was withholding, you know, secrets, quote unquote, was as much for my approval and acceptance of myself as it was for me to be authentic and transparent uh, with her. Yeah. So by sharing, go ahead. Yeah, I I wasn't, I wasn't um, fully accepting of myself. There was aspects of my story and my past that I just denied. And I, like I said, shame, a massive amounts of shame and guilt. And again, like that energy, it just stays within you. That shame story just stays within you. So me sharing it with her was me releasing it from myself as well. Yeah. I can really... Um, so when I felt that tension, right, on my chest... If I have that feeling chronically, like every day a little bit, every week a little bit, every month a little bit, that has an effect on the body. I mean, mm-hmm. my my father, he passed away when I was 10. And lung cancer. But there was, he never forgave his mother. I don't know, she didn't give him much love and he never forgave her. And lung is where a lot of sadness gets um, gets stored. So I don't I don't know if 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 the cancer was some outside circumstance or if it was coming from within and just literally releasing this energy. And it's incredible how there's nothing to lose in sharing. Actually, mm, yeah you get much stronger and more Im- intimate with yourself and your partner gets also much more intimate with yourself. It's scary as hell, but there's nothing really to lose here in my in my view. I agree with you. It, yeah. it feels like there can be so much, 
Um, but I think that's that's the ego just wanting to hold on for dear life, you know, and um, wanting to stay in that fearful space because it's it can be easier to stay scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is much easier. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I was wondering if, if you could tell us a little bit more about your decision to for home birth. Um, I was surprised you have a podcast around this. So it seems that it's something that really is on the mind of people and is something that maybe is also like a bit of a taboo topic is something that's people don't are not comfortable around it so share with us a little bit how what was your decision uh, or your criteria for making this this decision cool I, i love talking about this because for the past two years i've been talking a lot about birth and empowering moms and empowering families to make the birth decision that is best for them and this is so completely different than what I ever thought I would be talking about. <laughs> so it's really interesting. Um, our journey to home birth is that my wife and I decided to get pregnant. We became pregnant and we went, we did what we, what everybody else does. We went to a, a, an obstetrician and started seeing him. Um, my father's a doctor, my mother's a nurse. So I grew up with, with medical influence all around me. Um, I never really thought of anything alternative in terms of birth. I just thought, yeah, you go into a hospital, um, they do some sort of intervention, you know, you get an epidural and, or maybe you get a C-section and then your baby comes out and then they take the baby away and you get it back a few hours later and then you leave the following day. That's just kind of what I thought was going on. And then, um, you know, my wife and I started to just, I think a friend of ours recommended um, a DVD series called Happy Healthy Child or Happy Healthy Baby, I forget. But um, it, it just provided a different context around pregnancy and birth. And I we got to see, I know for me, my eyes were opened about the possibilities. Um, this DVD wasn't about home birth, but it just showed that, you know, you can have a, an empowering, beautiful birth. And I thought, wow, I, that, I didn't really think about that. I just thought birth, you know, the water breaks. You're like, you're like at the grocery store and your water breaks and then everybody starts to panic and then you get wheeled to the hospital and you're screaming and everybody, it's just chaos. I, th I just thought it was chaos until the baby came. So when I was shown a different way of doing it, my wife and I became very interested. We started to make a list of our criteria we wanted to experience in our birth. My wife didn't want to be hooked up to monitors. She wanted to be able to walk around freely. She wanted to be able to eat and drink at will. She wanted to have um, some sort of water, maybe a tub or a shower. Um, and we kind of, we presented our list to our obstetrician. And he was a great guy and we liked him a lot. Um, but in the hospital that he worked out of, they wouldn't allow any of it. So he just said, no, 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 no. So, you know, my wife and I were clear that the list is what we wanted to experience. So we said, okay, I guess we're not going to have a baby in this hospital. So we started to research our other options. And again, home birth was not in our conversation. We looked into other options and there was a birthing center in Atlanta that was about to open. 
and they would allow us to do all the things that we wanted to do. So we made an appointment with the birthing center and my wife spoke to the director and um, we were also introduced to a doula through a friend of ours. I didn't know what a doula was. I didn't know what a doula was. I didn't know what a midwife was. Um, And so we were introduced to a doula and she talked about home birth. And for me, I thought home birth was just something that really crazy, like hippie alternative people did. And, you know, you give birth in like a barn and, you know, you're, <laughs> you're in the mud or you're like holding on to a tree. I really had these really far out ideas about home birth because I had no context. So we're introduced to this concept of home birth and she described what it could look like and what she has helped other families do. And um, I was terrified. I was super scared of that idea because what if there's a complication? What if Sarah has an emergency? What if the baby, what if there's something wrong with the baby? What if the cord's around her neck? What if she's not breathing? What if you need to go to a hospital? So all these what ifs started to appear. And, you know, we're still exploring our options, talking to the birthing center, this and that. So after the doula gave that conversation, she introduced us to some midwives. She said, I think maybe you could go talk to some midwives and they'll give you more information. Um, we went and met with midwives and spoke to them. And just their level of expertise, their level of knowledge, their level of compassion and love for moms and families and babies completely transformed how I felt about it. They answered every question that I had in just one one meeting. Um, they were able to address all of my fears and my concerns. I still had some fears, but they addressed them. And they really helped us to see home birth as not only an option, but really a the option for us. So at that point, my wife was a little bit, she was now leaning away from home birth, but I was fully on board. I said, We're, home birth is for us, babe. This is, you know, this is, this is for us. And when I became fully on board, my wife jumped on board fully as well. So I went from being very against the idea of home birth to being very for the idea of home birth for us. Home birth is not for everybody. It's not for every family. Um, you know, it's, it's really for, for low risk pregnancies. Most pregnancies are, are low risk, but you know, women who, who aren't at risk for many different things for us, it made perfect, perfect sense. And once we decided on home birth, we then left our obstetrician. We started working with this midwifery practice. This was about month four of the pregnancy. So we're in the second trimester and we would do, um, Visits with them every month for one hour. I mean, we got to spend one full hour with a group of midwives every month, whereas with the OB, just because of you know their time, the, the the amount of time that they have, it was like ten minute meetings. So the experience was vastly different. And then my wife and I just started doing some research on our own, just to like further our knowledge of home birth. And I recognized that there weren't very many resources out there that were geared towards people like us, people our age, you know, people who sort of thought the way that we thought. And there were no podcasts. I couldn't find any home birth podcasts. There was many birth podcasts, but not home birth podcasts. So my wife and I are both very entrepreneurial. I had been podcasting for a year or so by then. 
And I said, babe, what if we started a home birth podcast and we just documented our journey? And she loved the idea. So while we're pregnant, we started recording episodes for doing it at home. And the first 10 episodes were just us recording our journey. Here's what we're going through. Here's how we're preparing. Here's the fears that we have. Here's what happened when we told our family about home birth. Here's some of the questions that people give us. We just did all sorts of episodes like that. Then um, the birth came and it was a beautiful experience. And my daughter was born right in that room over there about 30 feet from me. Um, and we launched the podcast, I think, the day before she was born. And the response we got was great. People were really interested. And we started to receive emails and messages from women who wanted to share their birth story. Because I think on episode 9 or 10, we shared our birth story. It was like a two-hour episode, and we just walked through the whole thing. And people loved it. And then other people wanted to share their birth story. And we said, oh, my gosh, we have a beautiful platform to invite moms and families on to share their birth story. And so that's what we've been doing. And this show has been going on for almost two years now. And we've interviewed moms and families all over the world. And we share birth stories, um, home birth stories, and then hospital, birth center, all, all of those places. What connects all those stories together is empowerment. You know, women feeling empowered by their decision Healing, there's been a lot of healing that women have experienced through birth, healing from previous traumatic experiences, traumatic births, healing from sexual traumas. Um, and we really just create this space for honest, raw, and empowering conversations around birth. And um, the show has just done tremendously. Um, and and it's, it's, a, it's been a beautiful journey and process for us. And that's why two and a half years ago, three years ago, I would have never thought I'd be talking about birth the way I am now because I was very set in going in this direction. And then I opened my, you know, my, my mind was opened of different possibilities. And um, plus being a male, there aren't a ton of men talking about birth. So on the show, I, you know, I'm on, I, I co-host it with my wife, so I'm able to bring that male perspective um, and that male voice, which I did not hear a lot of when we were preparing for our birth. I didn't get a lot of male perspective. Um, so that's really appreciated by listeners as well. Yeah, fantastic. And I love how, and throughout this conversation, things happen, you shifted your perspective. Things happen, you shifted your perspective. Things happen. Like mm. you learn some piece of information or something that you, you shifted your your perspective on like, I'm responsible for for your happiness. So if you're sad, I have to be sad. You shifted your perspective around intimacy, around sex, around birth, and all these these contexts. And I'm always looking like for the for the underlying principles. And it's fascinating how we can really shift our perspective once we are in contact with information that can be completely against our beliefs. And yeah. that that's what I, I, I advise people to do. Like, you have a very strong belief around something, read a book about something completely opposite to you. 
because sometimes we get in this in this bubble and also with with people that we have this tendency of always of hanging out with people that are similar to us that have the same beliefs that we have but sometimes that constricts us to like hospital is the way to go and yeah. and and intimacy like that's the way things work and i love how you constantly were open to it was like accidentally sometimes getting those insights but you were open to act on it and allow them to sink in yeah that's a you really put that well i think you're able to get the essence of it of it well um Somewhere a few years ago, I was shared the difference between knowing and understanding. And, you know, to know something is to be so convicted in it that it's like unmovable. Right? Like, I know marriages between a man and a woman, for example. People know that, as opposed to having an understanding of how things are. Understanding you have the potential to understand something in a different way or in a new way. So I, I I liked to, I don't know, it, it wasn't a conscious thing. It just was being open, man. Like Because there's so many experiences I've had that should have gone this way, but they went that way. I should have felt like this, but I didn't. I felt like that. And if I had sat in them and said, I know things work this way. I know the world works this way. I know people are this way. Then I've totally blocked off the possibility that maybe something different can happen, you know? And I, I don't know where I, where, when that started happening for me, but, you know, you're able to weave that thread throughout all of it. I just think that's a, it's a powerful place to be in. Like, there are things that are, that are concrete. Like, there are principles in the universe that don't change, right? Like, choices have consequences, like that's just that's not and you're not going going to change that everything is energy you you aren't going to change that um but beliefs we we i think it's so easy to think a belief is a truth or a belief is a principle when it's simply a belief it's one way of looking at or thinking about something and if you think of a belief like a piece of clothing you can wear on that belief and and put it on and see how it fits. And if it fits well and you like how it feels, cool, run with it. If you don't like how it feels or if it's not working for you, take that belief off and try something else on. And what you recommended, like read books, <laughs> read an alternative perspective on, on something that you're going through. Talk to people who have a different perspective. You know, those are ways to be introduced to new beliefs to new possibilities of understanding and you can wear them on. You know, like it's interesting how you can have people like politicians, you know, here in the States, the political climate is so divided. You have the left and you have the right. But there are individuals who will move from the left to the right. And it's interesting because you have people who say, like, it's like, I believe this, I believe this, I know this, I know this. Something has to shift for you to then say, okay, now I believe this, I know this, I know this, right? And just having that openness to see things in a different way, that fluidity in how you view the world, I think is a beautiful thing because you ultimately always have choice. 
you could be exposed to a different way of thinking and then just not choose it for yourself. But to just be stuck in one way of being, you think, feel, act, behave, you be in a certain way. I just think you, you, you shut down the possibility of a lot of amazing things. And for, and in my life, it's been a lot of incredible relationships I've had with people, a lot of opportunities for myself to step up in different ways and express myself in different ways and provide value to folks in different ways, opportunities for me to heal, so many opportunities for me to heal simply by entertaining the idea of a different perspective. So I, I think that's so important for folks who are on their their journey towards living an extraordinary life or you know their abundant loving life or whatever it is for them just being open to to shifting your perspective and trying on new beliefs thank you thank you matthew and i think that's what we've done here we we got into a lot of different mindsets and we gave a lot of mind shifts for people and and i invite just don't take one piece of little insight, one piece of information and act on it. Mm -hmm. Just that, that, that question, what is the scariest thing I can share with my, with my partner? Just act on something that, that you, you learned today. And I want to really appreciate you for your time and for this fantastic conversation we had about like the rawness of, of intimacy in, in, in a relationship and thank you. And where can people find out more about your having it all podcast, your 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 other podcast, doing it at home? Where can they find out more about you and get in contact with you? Yeah, so the easiest way is my website, MatthewBivens.com. Um, that's kind of the hub for all of my stuff. Uh, you can go there and you can get in touch with me through through the contact page. Um my podcast, like you mentioned, Having It All, that's my the show that, that I host by myself, um, you know, personal development type topics. But honestly, it's, it's me being raw and vulnerable. And just like with you, I, I don't try to teach people things. I don't give lessons on here's five ways to, you know, have a better start to your morning or be happier. I just share from my experience and share what I've learned and uh, people can connect with that. So that's having it all and then doing it at home. That's the Home Birth Podcast. So all of that stuff, MatthewBibbins.com. Thank you so much. And everything will be in the description, in the show notes. So if, you, if you're interested in checking out his work, just go to the, to the show notes and uh, you'll be directed there. Awesome. Thank you for being on the show, Matthew. Thank you so much. I, I really do appreciate you and your time. Quick note about the Having It All podcast. I am not a doctor nor a licensed therapist. I'm a guy with a story and a passion for conscious conversation. My thoughts, opinions, and beliefs are my own. So please consult with your doctor or healthcare provider regarding any questions or issues you have related to your personal, physical, or mental health. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved. Datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Datages. That's D A D A G E S. 
wherever you listen to your podcasts. <laughs>